You're listening to the Mentors for Military podcast with your hosts, Robert Gowan, Rudy Lindsay, Mike Pritz, and Kat Kalin. Hey guys, Robert here. Recently, I posted on social media about Andy Andrews and the book that he wrote called The Little Things, Why You Really Should Sweat the Small Stuff. Within that, I quoted a portion of one of his chapters that discussed with so many good, hardworking people who are striving to achieve more. Have you ever wondered why relatively few realize, truly realize, extraordinary results? He went on to write, I believe a large part of the reason can be explained this way. Everybody wants to make a difference, but nobody is willing to be different. In this episode, Jason Dickinson joins me as a host, and we talk about this very subject and about the um, groups that you're associating yourself with and how, if you want to achieve success, you may want to evaluate those groups and the path that you're currently on. Hope you enjoy this podcast. Sit back, relax, and get ready for another episode of Mentors for Military. So the other day, we I posted a, a a post on the Instagram page that was talking about how people compare themselves to average, and so I thought it would be kind of cool to talk about that. And as we were just talking about it, in, in a lot of cases in business, we tend to focus on the law of averages. So we always look at um, what's the average process flow uh, time or what's the average cost uh, or what's the, you know, whatever. And, and we're we're looking at the average size, time, process flow, whatever the case may be in throughput. And in many cases, that's because we're programmed from a very early age, whether it's our socioeconomic environment or perhaps our parents and how we were brought up in um, you know, looking in ourselves and differentiating ourselves, but we always tend to focus on the average. And yeah. so when you do that, I think it kind of sets you up as well for programming yourself, for how you identify who you might think be your, uh, is your peers or your peer group. It's almost like, you know, like school teachers, you know, they got, they got the bell curve yeah. where, you know, it's like, it's exactly what you're talking about. Like we're, you're looking at the entire group and you're looking for this bell curve of where's the average. And, and that's I hate kind of how you de- define <laughs> some success, you know, somehow yeah. that's, you know, that's where we want to be. Yeah. That perfect bell curve. And and it's so crazy because when you start thinking about data, you know, you can't really get a good bell curve off of 20 or 30 people, but I swear they try, you know, and mm-hmm. so yeah. it never tends to work. But, uh, and, and I used to hate that, that I would make a really good grade. And then, you know, somebody who really didn't, um, tended to get a better score because many more people end up making higher grades or enough, I should say in that small percentage. But yeah, it it is very much like that. So when we start thinking even, uh, as a, a youth again, and looking at role models or who we want to emulate, we tend to start looking at people, um, that, not necessarily are better than us, but they could be better in like in a sport or something of that nature. But a lot of times they're, they may be some, somebody outside of what we even want to do as a passion. So as an example, sport, as I brought that up, we're planning on going into business yet. We start seeking role models or looking at people that we look up to, or we admire as individuals that are in sports or Mm -hmm. in some other total um, occupation then we plan on going into. So we don't end up picking the right group and stuff to actually try to emulate or follow after or study the best practices from. Or or it's also in this, in the, uh, if you kind of look at it in a different light where um, for me personally, like I just switched, tra- I transitioned careers. Yeah. 
Um, I'm not saying that, you know, military, my, my previous career being in the military would be a bad group of role models to look at, but because I want to go into business and be an entrepreneur, now I'm looking at other entrepreneurs as role models. So it's almost where, you know, if you think about it, it's the switch you need to make to where what group of people are, you know, maybe you have to define sex success first of all, but what group of people, you know, are most likely going to show some sort of traits or whatever um, that that can help you achieve your your next level of greatness, whatever that might be. Um, and so your last group might not fit the bill of the next group. It's you know, from my perspective, that's kind of where I'm at right now in life. You know, I made this 180 switch, um, and it's and things are just very different. You know, even in a book uh, that I read very early on, probably about 20 years ago, I guess it was, 15 years ago, something like that, whenever it came out, was a, a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And yeah, I talked about cool. this in a previous podcast. But basically, the, the writer was talking about how his poor dad was his actually his real dad when you read the book. And the rich dad was actually his friend's father who was very successful and rich. And he thought his... his uh, Friend's father would share the plant's success, and actually he taught him some very valuable lessons the hard way. But um, what one of the things that came out of that book is that if you want to be successful, then you have to study what successful people do, how they act, how they dress. I mean, basically, you have to become that successful person. So even in your military career, let's say in achieving something like uh, wanting to go into special operations, you you started focusing on all right. What are the what are the ro- uh, steps to that uh, meeting that success or what you consider to be that successful point? And what is it? What are the things I need to do? But it's more, much more than that. You wanted to then surround yourself with people who have already attained that, so that you can get the feedback, the knowledge, understand what is it going to take from a mindset, what is it going to take from a physical standpoint. And you know what's funny? Uh, I didn't. Obviously, we didn't really talk about this ahead of time. This is not something I thought about prior to us coming, you know, talking about this topic. But I made my college decision based off of who I wanted to be in the military. Uh, so I knew I was going to go into college and go to RDC. My that was my sole focus in life was join the army. And I looked at three different schools. I'm not even going to tell you what schools they are because it means nothing about this right. about you know why I made my decision, but. The, you know, I, I wanted to go into combat. I wanted to be a ranger. Uh, I wanted to get my ranger tab. And I, at, at some point, I wanted to go to special forces. I went to the school that had more of that caliber of people, you know, where, you know, it's more CIBs, more ranger tabs, more special forces scrolls. Like, that was the group of people I associated. That's where I wanted to be. So it made them, it was very logical at that point in my career, you know, my time. I'm in high school. If this is who you want to be, Go to the place that has more of that, and hopefully, you know, that'll help you get to that spot. I don't know if it did or not, but it to, it made sense at the time to me. Um, you know, so it's it's funny. I think you know, I was I was making those decisions, you know, decades ago. You know, with, with no experience at all. But I just you know, hey, that's why I want to be. Let me go surround myself with those people. So it's, it's kind of funny you brought that up. When you think about military transition, I can't tell you how many times uh, I ran into individuals that prior to getting out were talking about what they were going to do, and they basically looked at who they are, and some of them just wanted to be something very simple on the outside, mind you. They, they just looked at their military retirement, and uh, if they were retiring, I should say, mm-hmm. and, and they looked at uh, what that compares to of what they felt like they could achieve on the outside without doing too much work. And, and so then they became 
um, not even average in a way. In some ways, that's what their goal was, is to not... But then when talking to them, many of them started realizing that, wow, I, I probably could be a lot more if I compared myself to the right group. I didn't think that I had that skill set. I thought because I came out of combat arms, my jobs are not going to relate because that's what I was told by the, the transition assistance mm-hmm. program or by my peers is that, you know, you don't really have a skill or a trade, so you better think of something that you're going to do. So most of them were going into that time frame into stuff like creating their own um, lawn uh, or, you know, a mowing service or a pressure washing or something of that nature. They were being entrepreneurial in that aspect of it, so I yep. hats off to them. But they their aspirations weren't very high either as to creating a business model, the best way to do that, how to put it all together, because they weren't hanging around the people that were successful already doing that. They just felt like they probably had enough skill set to be able to walk out the door and achieve it right away. The problem with that is that you're not going to be successful. Whether you didn't have high expectations or high goals or whatever going in, if you didn't have a good plan while you're separating, either as an E4, E5, E8, or an officer, you're just not going to be successful. And so when you talked about going into high school and evaluating what you wanted to be when you went into the military and you started setting that plan very early. I think, you know, when we talk about transition, same thing applies. A lot of people don't actually build that runway long enough. And (laughs) in in some cases, that might be like five, seven years, you know, building that runway. Yeah, so you, Robert, you you said like four different things, and I don't even know which branch to take on right now because I could go (laughs) like 19 different directions with things you said, but they're all like perfect and they're all right. You only know they're perfect if you've already walked that road. And so, like, I, so for me, um, this is not a transition-specific podcast, right? right? Our topic isn't transition-specific, so I don't really want to get into that one as much. But, um, but you're so right. I spent so much more of my life in high school preparing for time in the military. And then, if you inverse that and look at my time in the military and how much time I spent preparing for what's next it was completely opposite right it was yeah. just one day i'm like well i gotta i'm gonna do something different right 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 so so that's a that's that's a two-hour long podcast in itself so we're gonna leave that one alone but but you said something else and that like i i don't know if i should have a chip on my shoulder or if i should get fired up about this or not but i when i made the decision to transition around the military um I'll, so many people came up to me and we're like man you i was in 11 years so they're like dude you're over the hump just nine more years right. and i'm like just nine more years really just nine like that's like that's some small amount of time but it was it kept they kept talking about the retirement and they're like what about your your, your benefits your retirement and i'm like so are you telling me right now that i've been very successful in my career that i can't continue that success like i need to stay in this in this life and just keep plugging along to get that retirement benefit, that paycheck at some point where I get it monthly, like I cannot also make that money by getting out and being successful again. So it was this, like I have this fire right now where so many, and it's, and it's the people that are closest to you and they mean the best, right? Like none of them mean anything by it, sure. but it was like, this just, this like, they're literally looking at me like, man, I don't know if you're going to make it on the outside. Like you probably need to stay in for another nine years, you know, and get <laughs> get that get that paycheck i'm like no i get i'm I'm gonna be all right and so like this whole podcast like we're talking about who you surround yourself with i'm not surrounding myself with people that just are you know just want to kind of glide along and 
you know what and, and there's no, no you know we're not talking down to anyone if that's if you want to have a nine to five job and that's the kind of life you want to live and you want to get a solid paycheck and enjoy your weekends like there's absolutely nothing wrong with that there's a there's a lot to be said about that in fact I also heard someone say that entrepreneurs are the only people in this world that will work 18 hours a day so they don't have to work nine hours a day for someone else, right? Yeah. Like, it, it almost doesn't make sense, but it, but if you are an entrepreneur, it makes complete sense. If you like, understand you want, that going in. Right. You want some control. You want direct, like, it's the direction. It's the creative direction of a business entity and taking it where you want to go. But you can't really be successful, I think, if you are going to surround yourself by other people that don't have that same kind of vision because they're going to, it's going to detract, I think, because over time they're going to be, Hey, what are you doing? It's Friday night. Let's all go out and, right. you know, go get beers. And you're like, no, I'm, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta execute this business plan. It takes 18, 20 hours a day. I don't have a Friday night, you know, like, I'm glad that you, you can. So I think, you know, your initial point of, you know, we're, we're the average. You know, I've heard this on other podcasts too. Like you're the average of your five closest peers or friends or contacts, right? Like, so if you think about that, you know, who are the five closest people to you right now? How much time do you spend with them? You're the average of that group. So you kind of want to level up your average, which is kind of an inverse. I think on the, uh, I think on your Instagram post, someone made a beautiful comment. And the comment, I think if I get this right was, yeah, but if that group lets you in, what's that say about what's that say about you, like right. or, or that group, right? Like, right, right, totally. Because like, you're, you're not as good as them, so yeah. like, what, how are they? You know, they're not playing by that same rule. But also, I think it kind of brings up another point of mentoring. Um, I was told very early on that you need to both mentor up and mentor down at the exact same time. Oh, that's Just because you need mentoring does not mean you should mentor other people. So, I mean, I think I, that would be the way we answer that one comment of like, well, obviously that, that group doesn't have their stuff together because they're letting you in. Um, but I don't know. For me, it's, it's you know, you are the, it's a lot of averages in, in a good way, right? Yeah. You're the average of the people you surround yourself with. And so make that a really good group of people that have some, you know, they don't have to be the exact same vision or the exact same future, but it's all self-driven, motivated people that want to go achieve success at, at and define it their own way, right? Right, uh, or, or define the, it your way. You know, and you and you you're surrounding yourself with people who have the same type of goals, same types of vision, and, and to your point, it may not be the same industry, same occupation, mm -hmm. or whatever that you're looking at going into, but you're just trying to get people who are driven and like-minded in that sense. Now that doesn't mean you dump your friends, your current friends. That probably wouldn't right. be a good idea, but it's, uh, it, you have a lifestyle that's, uh, supporting your work. Um, and there's a lifestyle that supports, you know, your off time as well. So when you're trying to get in the mode of being successful, when it comes to your workplace, then you're going to need to make sure that you surround yourself with those right people. And, you know, when you think about how we were growing up, we, we did this throughout our lives, and what we ended up doing in some cases is closing off groups and closing off people because we felt like they were not necessarily fitting what we wanted at that time. But what we're talking about is thinking outside of that and trying to think of where you want to be, and you might mm -hmm. find that those people that you had moved out because they're not the right now might be the next step. They may be the people yeah. who are very much looking forward and that's the reason why at the moment you didn't think that that's where you wanted to be but that's really where you you do want to be so it's it's um going back and reassessing 
even perhaps some of those relationships that you had in the past, because they may still be part of your network unless you mm -hmm. weren't the bridge, you know. I also think that um, if you're looking at being successful in a specific industry, it does make sense to follow the innovative leaders of that industry, right? Like yeah. it makes sense to kind of see what, what they're doing because they're modeling success right in front of your eyes and you should emulate that at some point. Um, but it's also important to realize that if you are only in that industry and you only look at that industry, you're going to miss benefits of an outside network of people. So earlier I said, you know, if I want to be an entrepreneur, my, if I just hung out with just my military friends all the time, you know, it might not be the best core group of people, but I'd be a foolish if I did not maintain that, that contact. Um, oh, because yeah. it's, especially in the entrepreneur, you know, realm, it's, it's, it's a disciplined approach. It's people that can think outside the box. It's, it's, you know, you're throwing problems every day that you don't necessarily have the answer for. Like, it, um, if I said, you know, if you were, if you got up and started doing a talk in front of a group of people and you were asking them, who am I describing? If you said that same speech in front of a military crowd, they'd be like, you're talking about someone in the, in the military. If you said that same speech in front of entrepreneurs, they'd be like, you're talking about an entrepreneur, right? Right. There's, there's crossover a in lot. that. Yeah. And, and I think, I think it's important to surround yourself with people that are going to help you get to, to the, where you want to go, your next level. You're emulating other people. But it's also important to look outside of that bubble um, because you can bring in things that maybe that inside group you know, doesn't necessarily readily see. Um, and I see that a lot, which you know, I work at a simple store right now and people come from different backgrounds. And it's important to to listen to those other backgrounds because they bring, they bring something to the table that you didn't have. Right. And there's a, there's some importance to that. So I think, you know, if we're talking about, you know, the law of averages, it's good to, you know, have a, a touch point in different industries or different groups of people, different walks of life, because it gives you a different perspective and it's something that you can look to, Hey, can I apply this to what I'm currently doing? You know, yes or no. Um, so that's, you know, that's something else I was kind of thinking about. Yeah, it certainly begins with having an, um, looking inside yourself, you know, introspectively as to what your shortcomings are, where is it that you need to shore up those gaps, who are those individuals perhaps um, that you mm -hmm. can reach out to if they're close enough to where you can actually include them into a circle, great. But if not, it might just be, you know, book reading. It could be listening to podcasts. It could be, you know, whatever that's going to give you the knowledge base that you're going to need to fill those gaps and be much more successful. So in the beginning there, I wasn't putting down those who transitioned to went into occupations that may be perceived as not, you know, the average person or something of that nature. Uh, mind you, every person as they uh, exit the service is going to have a different approach to what they want to be or what they're considering as far as success and how they measure that. I think what we're talking about, though, is have a plan. You know, mm -hmm. and, and your plan, you may realize, needs a longer runway. So if you're going out of the service and you think you can fly by the seat of your pants, which some do, or build their parachute on the way down, that's perfectly fine because some are able to, to do that with no problem. Uh, but most people, I think, are, are going to need a longer runway. And so I've heard entrepreneurs that came on this, uh, have came on this podcast in the past who have said that... Um, Plan your attack, basically, so that when you transition, you can remain from working for about a year, six months to a year, so that you can find yourself, you know, what you really want to be now that you're separated from the military and from that environment and from those those groups of individuals, 
and do some soul searching before you proceed forward. If you're still going to be an entrepreneur, understand that what sets them apart is, one, their ability and tolerance to risk, um, how they have embraced that. that. That's a very tough thing. Some people just can't be willing to put up their home, their cars, work those long hours and everything else and realize that there may not be a payback for a couple years. And then also the second thing that sets entrepreneurs apart is that they, their desire to, to be different. You know, I talked about in a past podcast a long time ago um, about a CEO in a group I was in where I asked a question of this, uh, this particular CEO about why aren't we going out there and looking to be innovators? You know, instead we, we tend to kind of, you know, hold back and everything. And the response was, well, we, we'd rather be fast followers. So fast followers were basically people who are following behind the leaders, but realizing that they're going to make mistakes along the way. So if you can learn quickly and adapt, and then you might be able to overcome. The, the difference between that and an entrepreneurial type of spirit, though, is that they realize mistakes are part of the process, and they keep driving on. They keep plowing. They don't let that kind of stuff stand in their way. You know? Yeah, I- yeah, like I'm. I was listening to. Uh, I was listening to a podcast today, um, and there was the discussion was, um, was Reed Hoffman was the guy that was talking. And he was saying that um, in his in his company, he wants his managers. He's okay with them making mistakes twenty percent of the time, as long as they're moving fast. You know, so it's this embrace. He's he's embracing this culture of we're going to fail, but fail forward kind of thing. Right. Um, I would rather us fail doing something than fail because we weren't proactive enough and the industry just moved wildly too fast for us to stay keep up with. And I think that I'm kind of, I think I noticed that around, you know, around everywhere I go, it's either there's almost like two kinds where they're like, there's, there's, there's a slow bleed of failure where like you don't realize that you're failing until it's like too late and it's right. been happening for a decade, you know, yeah. or like, and it's just, I don't know. There's millions of examples, right? But like, you know, Sears, right? Sears Roebuck, man. Like what a, what an icon of industry that this country had. And it was just a slow, slow decline. And they're just continuing to close stores, you know? Think about like Kodak. Just, Kodak yeah. started off. Kodak. Yeah, Kodak is a, is a great example because, I mean, this is an organization that always thought the camera was going to be around and people were going to actually have photos that they're going to need to have developed. And so they were in the film business. That's primarily what they were in. And they didn't realize that the trend was changing and digital was taking over. Mm-hmm. And so they, the paper you know, printing and stuff was pretty much going, how many times now do you take a photo on your phone or a camera and it automatically goes to your PC or remains on your camera and it's never printed you right. go into people's homes, there's not as many pictures anymore hanging on the wall of family yep. members, except yep. for maybe those one or two ones that they had a professional photographer do, that they, they put one or two of those photos up. Hell, I even have one of those little frames in my house that actually it's has... It's rolling pictures. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. yeah, no, so, I mean, it's we are talking about, like, it's this... Um, I think we can trace it back to, you know, your your circle. So if you're, our, if you're in charge of Kodak, you know, and like if, if you only are thinking group think the way things are always going to be this way, you know, right. you're, you're going to run into the digital age. And but someone like what if what if what if they were in friends with people that were in Silicon Valley where things were just like light years, like just burning things up. Oh, you know, totally. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's one. So it's again, it's it's this, you know, man, it's a law of averages. Like you should be scared if everyone you talk to is in your own little camp, like. 
yeah. especially if you're a business owner, like you're missing it because you're just going to see your own little spot uh, and that's it. And at some point, someone's going to blow right by you. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah, know. In, in consulting uh, with business and everything, I, I find, too, that a lot of people, especially in the supply chain world, which are a lot of businesses, by the way, end up producing some kind of product or service that they're selling out there. And especially if it's a tangible product, it's going to be delivered to the end customer. So Amazon is the benchmark now, mm-hmm. you know, and of course, you know, it's going to change a little bit with their purchase of Whole Foods and how they're going to deliver their products as far as, far as food. And of course, that could totally change the food industry. And so you have all these companies that are you know, living fairly well. They had small margins that were out there um, thinking that they were leading the marketplace and Amazon is going to turn their world upside down. You know that some way, somehow, because Amazon today is the Apple of 10 years ago, you know, mm-hmm. and so they have become the new benchmark and standard. If you're now not sur- surrounding yourself with people who understand that model who um, have grown up into it with a ERP system or an MRP type of system and stuff as well to evaluate the full supply chain and providing products and services to um, to customers, you're going to be behind the power curve, especially even in the food business because they're going to figure out a way to deliver that to your front door. And many years ago, there were actually companies that went out there and tried to get you to purchase your groceries over the Internet, and it wasn't successful by the two or three that did that. Amazon... I got. I have a feeling is going to change that in some way. You know. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. No. So it's like this is probably been one of the cooler week, week and a half. Um, especially if you follow entrepreneurs and you listen to podcasts and stuff. Like this Amazon thing is is amazing, and it's one of those things where I think Gary Vaynerchuk early on quoted like, you know, Amazon. So Whole Foods became a company way before Amazon did. Mm-hmm. Amazon rode right past them into a billion-dollar company and then bought Whole Foods. Like, think about that. Like, you are, so let's say I start a business today, right now. Ten years from now, some business that starts way after me is going to come past me and, and buy me up. Like, the think about the, the iterative process of, you know, growth, and and you're in your little world, and all of a sudden, if you're not looking at those under, other industries, those other industries are going to come up and just absolutely take your 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 market. Like you're, they're going to own you, right? And so again, I, I I feel like when we started this podcast, it was like, who you surround yourself with? Right. Do not surround yourself with people that are only talk your speed, right? Yeah. Like you have to get people that are outside of your industry to to catch on these other trends that things are moving, you know. Um, it's just it's it's interesting to sit back and watch the speed that we are watching business growth uh, in this day and age, and, and it's it's guerrilla warfare out there. Like it is, and and, I, and as as someone who spent his time, you know, in in the military doing counterinsurgency, I love it because when I see it, I, I recognize it for what it looked like on the battlefield. It's the same stuff. The tenants are the same. You know, right. like it's. If it's, you really, it's amazing. If you really sit down and start surrounding yourself with people who have um, crossed over from the military side to the private sector and been successful, you're going to see that same kind of pattern. You're going to see individuals who took that skill set that they had within the military and applied that in some way to the private sector. So when you start thinking as, uh, even in the business world, strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, mm-hmm. strengths wow. and weaknesses are internal, opportunities and threats are external. 
we did that same type of thing within the military. We mm-hmm. just called it something different. So right. so when people start using this communication, if you understand that language and you're hanging around people who can help you translate what we're talking about to the business environment, all of a sudden now you're going to find your peer group has shifted quite a bit. You're not lost in a conversation. You're leading the conversation. And, and you know what's, inter- what's really interesting to me is if you took, um, two, let's say 2003, it's really not 2003, but let's say 2003 to 2008 as a case study, look at just the U.S. Army or U.S. Marines, it doesn't matter, pick one or two or lump them together. Um, if you looked at the type of Army or Marine Corps we were when we invaded Iraq to the type of organization we were in 2008 you're talking generational shift in a very small amount of time and so our our enemy changed on us and they were very nimble at the time and we were able to as a huge massive organization think about it and quickly adapt and pivot to it um it it almost i want to say like what if sears hired like you know Petraeus and a bunch of other people like and this is it was back in the day where like their their sales are declining and all these right. nimble people are coming into you know the nimble the nimble companies are chomping at them right now these little insurgent groups you can't even name there's so many of them they're just everywhere you don't even speak their language I'm like hey we we've, we've done that like it's I watched it I lived it I lived the change from we are a conventional military that just just absolutely destroys another conventional army to, oh man, we got to do this concurrency thing again. Like it wasn't the first time our country's seen it, but the switch, because I, li- I lived it between two deployments and it was only a year. So I'm telling you from a personal experience that a large organization can change on a dime within a year. We're talking hundreds of thousands of people change completely their culture. Uh, now, I, don't, I can't say it's going to, you know, you can't apples for apples that in, in maybe the civilian world because we have UCMJ and we got to follow orders, you know, like right, right. when our bosses tell us something, it's, it's happening, right? right? Like there's no question. But if someone, if you could create the kind of culture that we had, I, almost, I wish I could go back. I wish I wrote better notes because I was there in 2006 and we weren't really conducting counterinsurgency operations. And then... I was home for most of 2007, and I redeployed at very late 2007, and it was night and day different. And our success was night and day different, right? Yeah. And so to me, it was, you know, this large, large organization, and we make fun of the Army, and I'm sure the Marines are the same way of this, like, you know, they hard to change. You know, I, I always I always joke about this. You know, we still get up at stand two at zero five. You know, we got to got to get up before the sun because. We all know why, because the French and Indian attack. And you know what? The French and Indians have never attacked us since then. We've, we've always won, right? Like, like you, can't, you, can't, you can't deny that fact yeah, that, since right. that since that war, we have been getting up for stand two, and they have never gotten us to this it's day. It's crazy, because right? we even did a podcast on the fact of uh, the rank structure and how the enlisted rank to the officer rank, that's an old tradition that carried over yeah. from Britain as well. Right. And how they decide that the rich and and well established get the officer right. rank, and the poor and you know, average worker gets the enlisted. But some, but somehow, like we've we've had these tenants that have survived centuries yeah. that predate our country, right? We've had tenants that predate our country that we still do today. But yet, hundreds of thousands of us can switch on a dime and within one year completely change how we operate and yeah. go win. Yeah. It's it's truly an amazing thing to see. And now look at a civilian culture. Like why can't 
you know, if you see, if you are someone that is in the crosshairs of Amazon and you're a different company, let's say Walmart, I don't know, pick your company that Amazon's about to come into, like right now, why can't you in one year flip it on them? Right. You've got the money to do it. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, I think a lot of uh, folks, when they start looking at switching over to the private sector, it's a little bit different than the military in terms of strategy, because in the private sector, you're looking at the balance sheet and top and bottom line results. And in many cases, mm-hmm. even shareholder value, if you're actually out there as a uh, publicly traded company. Mm-hmm. But what you're describing is the nuts and bolts. It's down to the basics of pitching and hitting. It's the basics. You understand the basics of you know, project management, making widgets, you know, making it streamlined, looking out there in the marketplace, who is doing it as a benchmark and who do we want to compare ourselves to? And, you know, that type of intel and what are the threats that we have currently to the organization and why can't we achieve this? Is it a case of money, resources or time? And if we had no limitation for any of those, what could we achieve? And so our mindsets tend from the military tends to be focused in that way. That's a very valuable asset to your point. And if you start surrounding yourself with those kind of hard-charging, like-minded people that can bring you up to speed rather quickly in the business market, whether it's an entrepreneurial type of role in a specific industry or it's just business general or whatever the case, you're going to start thinking in that way and applying, again, your skill set, much of like we talked about, and be able to pivot and shift and adapt to whatever the environment lends itself. And, you know, something I've... I've I don't know when to kind of bring it up in this talk because it's you, we could have brought it up, you know, from minute one on the on this podcast. But you know, we talk about you know who your who your peers are um, in law of average, right? You know, you're going to be the average of the group you're with, or if you only see your peers, that's what you assume is achievable, and you're gonna you're gonna stand there. But in today's day and world, you know, we're not we're not in like Carnegie's day where. Like, if you were a really rich dude, you know, and you're running huge factories, like, you talk right. to other really rich factory Major capitalism makers. back then, yeah. Right, right. You know, like, there was a, it was a small niche group of people, and you had to know each other to kind of, like, be in that crowd. Sure. Well, now, in today's day and age, like, with social media and podcasts, YouTube, we don't have that same barrier anymore where someone that is completely outside that group can listen in right now to industry leaders titans people that are just absolutely crushing them, billionaires yep. They're, yep. they're putting it all out there you know and so uh, you know something I, I i really i truly believe if you're the law if it's a law of average and you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with you can digitally surround yourself with amazing people right now there, there's a catch-22 to that and it's a rabbit hole and there's a thousand people you can pay attention to so you can spend your entire life just listening to podcasts and never actually doing anything because you're spending 19 year hours listening but, um, you know, no, at no other time do we have this access to this many people. Pick and choose your industry, whatever it is. You can find the successful people. Guaranteed they have content out there that's free that you don't even have to pay for. And you can listen in and learn. And I do it all day long. Like, I, 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 I do not – Yeah. I don't mess around anymore. Like, I'm, I'm soaking in every, every free – Like, if I'm in a car, I'm not listening to music, man. I'm learning. Like, well, you know, in my in my business, um, I should say in, in what I do and everything in business, which is what I'm involved in on the private sector now, it's um, keeping up with that marketplace. And so I, I kind of, you know, when I give advice to people, one of the main things I say is that we all have 24 hours in a day. 
Mm-hmm. How are you using your 24 hours to better yourself? Yeah. Now, granted, you've got to you got to sleep somewhere in there to be rested, to pay attention, to move forward the next day. But you've got 24 hours. Let's let's start breaking that down as to how you're really how much are you now on your phone and di- doing different things that don't apply mm-hmm. to success, reaching your passion or success. How many different times are you out there, like you said, running around and on the streets and enjoying yourself because you feel like you had a hard day and a well, an entrepreneur. You earned it. Yeah. You earned it. You earned you earned oh, that, yeah. that beer. That's you what know? you tell yeah. yourself, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, but that entrepreneur, to your point, is out there, and they've made a decision to give up a lot of stuff. And even when I was in the military and started working on my college education, and there's many people that are probably listening to this podcast that are doing the same, they gave up family time, they gave up personal time, they gave up a lot so that they can go to school at night and do some of those things to better themselves. And so they missed out on maybe some of their kids' activities or things that were going on um, previously, but they... They, it's a risk, reward, or cost benefit, however you want to look at it. So in the terms of cost benefit, you paid a cost, but the benefits now outweigh themselves. And it's not like you can't make up that time in many cases and do things, you know, now. Um, and you're going to be able to benefit your, your family and all that kind of stuff as well. So you got to determine whether you're, you're willing to put in and pay the price. Because everything we do has a price. And understand, too, as I mentioned even in one of my personal Instagram posts, they're gonna, it's going to come back and it's going to want payment. So when you, <laughs> when you are doing all this success and you're climbing the ladder and everything else, you will pay. There is no doubt about it. You could pay with losing family time. You could lose in your health. You could lose in you know all kinds of different ways. But there's no, no doubt about it. It will come to get its money, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I don't know. I, I, again, you touched on like 14 different things I could talk about, <laughs> Sorry, but, but <laughs> like, I, no, it's, you know, I, this is going to, I don't know, maybe this is weird, but you know, my, for me and, and my fiance, I feel like I have a, like a fiduciary responsibility to my fiance. Yeah. They go fucking kill it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Like, and but it's also hard in that in that same vein where you know we're on different schedules. She's still in the military and she still has you know she's she's up at four working out, or I don't need to be up at four anymore. Right. You know, right. so I do want to be up at four because I can. That's a good time of day for me to like go do stuff as far as like read books, you know, study right. things, whatever. Like there's there's work to be done, right? Um, but I feel like I've got this like responsibility to be wildly successful because she is helping me big time right now. Like we're, she's covering a lot of the bills and everything I'm doing right now doesn't bring home a lot and it doesn't show much, but I've got this long-term vision and to be able to explain that to someone where, like, you know, if you're working a couple of dollar an hour, you know, you're, you're getting paid by the hour and you're maybe not even making 40 hours a week, right? right. you know, it, like it's, it's wild industry shift, but I'm like, I've got something here and I know I have it. It's deep down in my bones. I know I'm going to win this. Like I just need time and I'm, I'm every day. It's a slog fest, but I'm, I'm winning. Right. But you're I driven, have, and you come from that environment though, from even in the military. I mean, obviously yeah. it's embedded into you to, to have a drive. Right. I, yeah, and, and that's another thing too. So when I got out of the military, I didn't get out of the military just to kind of like sit around like it's, I didn't, I wasn't like, oh man, I, I paid my dues. I did 11 years. I can kind of, I can float around the rest of my life. No, I'm. It's the pedal is so much further down right now than it's ever been in my entire life. Like whatever I thought I was giving 100% in the military, no man, it's yeah. 
it's so much more right now. Like I, I am absolutely laser focused, committed to killing it. Like I am, that's, I only have one option right now. It's right. I'm going to win. Right. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to fail 900 times. And I've already, but luckily, you know, I had that military experience where they allowed me to fail so many times. And you know, like, you're like I, I cherish that. Cause I, there's a lot of people like I can look left and right right now. There's a lot of people that haven't failed, man. Like yeah. it's, it's going to hurt when it happens. But for me, I'm like, <laughs> Not that big of a deal. Like you just right. bounce back. It's not, you know. But I mean, for me, it's like I'm trying to explain, you know, to her. I've got this long-term vision, and you like it's small incremental steps each day, and every day I'm getting a little better, and I'm I'm building something. It's, but it's so hard to show your progress, and if you are going to go down this route, you know, again, like if you surround yourself by people that don't have a similar vision goal. You know, I just talked to one of my best friends today on the phone. He called me out of the blue. If, if I pick up my phone when someone calls, you know you're, you're high on my list. Because right. I don't pick my – I let that thing go to voicemail. Because, you know, I'm doing deep work. I'm busy, man. I got, I got stuff to do. That's good to know. I'll that make guy, a note of that. Does Jason yeah, answer my phone? Yeah, try me, see what happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, so he called immediately. I'm like, hey, man, what's up? What, what do you got? And, and I know this kid. He's, he's, he's transitioning on the Army, too, um, and he's going to kill it. And he's one, of the, he's one of the close few people in my circle right now where, like, it does not matter. I want to hear. And he's like, hey, you know what his conversation was about today? He's like, hey, I got this line on this, like, free thing. We can get our PMP certification. I'm, I'm doing it. Like, I was like, send me the info, bro. Like, I'm in. Like, it's, it's all, like, moving forward. It wasn't like, hey, man, uh, Dude, last week was awesome. I had a great time hanging on my friends drinking. Like it's just it's a different group of people. You know? I, yeah. I I probably veered nine hundred degrees away from what we initially started talking no, about. I think but it's just, like it's it, I don't know. It's I, I see some value in keeping people close to you. It's it's almost accountability in right. a way. Exactly. Where you know, I know this guy's coming at me telling me what he just did. And I want to be able to, like, all right, man, yeah, check this out. This is what I'm doing right now. I've been hooking the jive, and I got this, 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 you know, cooking. So, I don't know. It's, it's, it's something, to, something to behold, I think. You know, I, I, you can kind of liken it back to, uh, I guess, a workout. Let's say a physical workout at the gym or something like that. If you've got a partner that's counting on you to be at the gym at 6.30 every morning, well, then you're going to get your butt out of bed come rain, shine, snow, whatever the case may be, because you have somebody counting on you. Well, when you surround yourself with those types of friends that you're talking about, you're going to push them, they're going to push you, and you're going to excel even that much more because you all have um, that drive. You all have a a goal to be successful in whatever it is. And again, you may be on totally different objectives as far as what your passion is, but it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. because they're going to push you. Hey, Jason. Yeah, man, you know, it sounds great. Hey, have you thought about this? Or are you looking at that? Ah, oh, geez, yeah, I forgot about that. You know, hey, and you and you have that time to actually feed off of one another of what you're learning. Like he's giving you mm-hmm. input that you could possibly use and what you're doing. Uh, then again, it may be input that you can't use because it's not industry-like or business-like in the same sense, but it still may apply in a different way to your relationship, to your, yep. you know, to something along the way. So again, it's that... It's that uh, Having individuals that are very like-minded, surrounding yourself with those types of people, and uh, but I think again it begins with understanding who you are. That you may need to change in terms of how you look at yourself and how you evaluate your um, your success. 
because you might be undervalue, undervaluing yourself and you mm-hmm. need to um, reassess that and get more confidence. And then, you know, then it's surrounding yourself with like-minded people that maybe have the same types of drives and uh, for passion. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have a, and I hope it doesn't show, you know, if you meet me face to face, but I have this like, thing inside me where I when I realize someone around me is just like laying up their shot they're not giving their best like to me um, I immediately write you off and I'm just I'm sorry I'm done like you <laughs> right. you're not talking to me man like maybe you talk to me I'm not listening right. I could give I couldn't care less like I can read it so quickly and I'm like you're just not trying like right. it's man it was, you know I I and maybe maybe it was the military I hope it was the military I don't know but maybe it was that you know, I, I know people that lost their life and I'm so freaking happy to be here. Like I love, I love waking up every day in this country. This country is freaking amazing. And that's so much fun. And I, and I've got friends that aren't here right now. And to me, maybe that is like the driving. I never actually thought about what my driving, you know, focus is or, or what's keeping me going, you know, cause there's some days that just, they suck, you know, they're not great, right. but man, do you turn me off? You're the, the quickest thing to turn me off is just you not trying in life, and right. and I see it a lot. And um and and but the other part of me, and this is maybe like I don't know, maybe this is like the maybe I wish I was a better person. But every now and then, when like I see you know people not trying as hard, I'm like, good, more for me. Like I'm gonna. <laughs> You're hungry, yeah. I'm I'm gonna win. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna you take know? your lunch money. Yeah. So I yeah. I, I totally. I don't get I don't know what I don't know what's right about that. Like no, I don't. I, 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 I see what you're saying, though. I mean, but I think, too, that it's in the military, uh, it's probably easier to hide it because you have certain requirements that you have to meet. You have to be at a certain place. You have to do certain things. And so you may find people that kind of go through the motions, but yet they still look like they're giving some effort because it's a required part of the job. In the private sector, it I think um, it shows a lot easier and you, you end up seeing those individuals, especially if you're very keen to it and you're looking for it and very observant, you're going to, you're like perhaps yourself, then you're going to notice it very quickly. Yeah. It wasn't like, isn't, I haven't read McRaven's book, but I'm pretty sure Admiral McRaven says, if you want to change the world, make your bed in the morning. Yeah. Like, like it, it, the, the that's, basics. Yeah. that's the line right there. Like just execute, man. Yeah. Fucking wake up and fucking execute. Like, like that. Like it's it's the it's the one of the greatest lines I think I've ever heard. Like it's like that that sung to me, you know. And like you know, and every time if I don't make it, I'm like, man, no, I don't have it today. <laughs> I I actually I used to keep track. I should still do this again. I, my my buddy who called me, that guy that called me, he gave me this like calendar, and we would plan the year out, professionally, personally, all that stuff, right? What you want to do that year. Um, and every day on that calendar, I would write if I won or lost. And some days I win and some days I lose, but uh, it's, it keeps you like at the end of the day, yeah. you write, you write win or you write lose. Hmm. Like, what did you do that day? Yeah. I probably do that anyway, like two o'clock in the morning where I wake up and I go, God, God, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. You probably should be doing that kind of self accountability. And if you're not, then you might want to question why you're not in some way. Right. If it's not popping yeah, I, in your head, even if you're not writing it down, but if it's not popping yep. in your head. Because if you can write down if you won or lost, it means two things. It means you have a checklist of things you want to accomplish, yeah. and you either met those goals or you didn't. Um, or two, and two, the second thing, and probably the most important thing, the thing you you alluded to, is that uh, accountability, the introspective accountability. Right. 
You know, like it's, I don't need someone else to tell me I lost. Right. I don't. Right. I, I know. Right. Yeah. And, and I wake up with that, you know, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to bounce back. Today's going to be different. I'm going <laughs> to. Yesterday, yesterday was a loss, and sometimes you know what? Sometimes I chalk two or three losses in a row, and it happens. Yeah, you know, okay like too. it's yeah, it's a base, it's a baseball season. It's a long season. There man. you go. That's like, a good way. I was just getting ready to say something like that, but yeah, you you got to make sure that you're not holding yourself accountable, or you beat yourself up too much either, because right. mistakes, as you pointed out very early, are part of the process. So, mm-hmm. um, and kind of you know talking, of, going back and summarizing what we talked about. When you start looking at the law of averages, you start comparing yourself to others. Make sure you're comparing yourself to a good peer group that's going to be in the area where your passion is at and successful people who can then challenge you and give you information that um, you can use to better yourself and put yourself in the next level. Um, You know, understand what it takes to get there. Develop a long enough plan. Uh, runway, whatever you want to call it, to get to that successful level. Don't beat yourself too often, but hold yourself accountable to what you're doing and hold your your peers that you've now selected in that small group accountable for what they're doing. Uh, And they'll probably end up doing the same thing. So uh, I don't know. Did I leave anything else off? Absolutely not. That was, that was a mouthful of like, if you can, if you can take that last 30 seconds and write that down and internalize it, that's it. That's it right there. I have nothing else here. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and at Facebook by searching at Mentors, the number four M-I-L, and please subscribe to our podcast. It's free, and it ensures you're the first to hear our latest podcast show. We have several options depending upon your device, and we're at iTunes, SoundCloud, at Stitcher, and at TuneIn Radio. Hey everyone, Robert here. I love supporting veteran-owned companies and Mentors for Military recently partnered with Skeleton Optics to offer a 10% discount to our listeners. That's right, 10%. These aren't your regular run-of-the-mill sunglasses, by the way. The frames are handcrafted in Italy with Zeiss Vision lenses. Use the code mentors for mil or mentors the number 4 mil at SkeletonOptics.com and you'll receive your 10% discount automatically at checkout. Hurry up and get on over there to support a veteran-owned company.